Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about Joe Hayden's comments that he made today. Remember, the, the uh, offseason workouts have begun, so players are at the facility, and Joe Hayden talking to the media today about what went wrong in 2017 uh, and, and how he thinks they can fix those problems uh, going into 2018. We'll also talk today about the wide receiver class. You know, the Steelers likely to go wide receiver in, in rounds two, three, maybe even five, uh, depending on where this, this class shakes out. I want to talk about six receivers today that I think would be good selections in either round two or three if they go in that direction. But let's start today, as we do every day, with some Steelers news and notes. And really the only thing of note today is that Ronnie Harrison, the safety out of Alabama, uh, came to Pittsburgh to visit, uh, had maybe a workout with them. Uh, again, Ronnie Harrison, one of those Alabama defensive players that the Steelers met with at their pro day, took out a bunch of these guys to dinner. Um, so, And he's, he's one of those safeties that fits again into that round two to three range uh, when you're talking about where these guys are projected to be taken in the draft. So, Again, more fuel to the fire of are the Steelers really valuing safety at the top end of this draft, especially round one, or are they are they happier waiting until potentially round two or three to take their guy? I think this is them getting themselves prepared for, you know, whether they take a Vander Esch or an Evans in round one, and then, you know, you can go with round two or three safety. It seems like that may be a possibility. Joe Hayden uh, meeting with the media Today at the uh, at the offseason workouts, had a lot to say about the team, about where they where they are right now, what happened in 2017. He was asked if the Steelers are going to change up defensively, considering how much has changed personnel wise. And also remember, we have a new secondary coach. Here's what he had to say. Uh, maybe you know, I think we we started playing more man last year, and I think that just with the players that we have in our room, a man to man is a thing that we can do. So I think that we might do a little bit more of that. So it sounds like the Steelers may run more man-to-man coverage in, in 2018. That's not really a surprise, right? They ran enough man-to-man in, in 2017, especially against New England, and, and we're pretty successful doing it. And this, I don't think this is the case where they're going to move completely away from doing, uh, you know, using using zone and their cover two, cover three. Remember, Tomlin comes from the Tampa two system under Tony Dungy. You know, that that is his preferred system. So they're not going to get away from doing that entirely, but... I think they will they will utilize more man to man in 2018 and like he said, you know, they have the personnel to do so. Hayden is a great man to man corner, already burns. That was really, you know, where he he uh, shined brightest in college. Mike Hilton showed that ability last year. So, it does make a lot of sense and and again, it's not going to be an every play thing, but I think working that in, you know, again, the the more versatile this defense can be, the better they're going to be. So, it is exciting to hear uh, that there's likely to be more man to man in 2018. He also talked about the loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs, what the Steelers can learn from that game, and kind of what went wrong in that game. Here's what he had to say. You know, Jacksonville game, you're, you're always as good as your last game, so it was kind of tough. But um, I just think that we have a, like, just coming here now, knowing that we, we know we can do better. We know we have a lot of room to grow, and um, we're just looking forward to it. Did you spend much time picking that game apart, figuring out what went wrong, or? Yeah, yeah, come, you know, a lot of it's just uh, communication. We've been watching the tape on it now, you know what I'm saying, just figuring out how we can just communicate a little bit better and figure out what what things went wrong. So, you know, we're working on that right now. And this is what we heard coming out of the game itself, right? We we heard this team say, oh, you know, it was all communication. You know, we just communication breakdowns, left guys wide open. 
yes, that was a problem. That was the problem for the end part of 2018. It's it's not good, right? Uh, but okay, you know, they lost Shazier and and they had some communication issues. Uh, Joe Hayden went on to explain further the issues in that Jacksonville game. I would just say everybody, you know, um, as far as just the defensive backs, uh, linebackers uh, working together, you know, figuring out um, just just combination coverages, um, bumping things, making sure that we don't have our eyes on the right things. Just little little discipline stuff that it wasn't really too much of them beating you when you had when you had your man. It was just more communication, people switching and swatching and trying to figure out who who has who. Just more of just now, just going over those checks and going over watching those plays and just figuring out. All right, when we're bumping here, well, who has who? Why, how are we going to figure this out with the linebackers and with the secondary? So it's not really a skill thing, I felt like. I felt like it was just a more communication, a more who has who, whose man is whose man. And, and this, to me, is the issue with everything we've talked about for the last month on this podcast, right? Is we continue to say, okay, defensively, talent issues. Talent. We got some talent issues. We'll work that out. We'll add, we'll, the scheme is good. We will add talent. And yet, we're hearing no, no. The you hear the players talk, and they go, no, no. It's not really talent; it's scheme. And and maybe that's just them trying to make themselves feel better about it. You never want to admit that the guy across from you just beat you on that day. But let's live in a world where what Joe Hayden is saying is the truth: that it wasn't talent in January that 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 beat the Steelers. It was miscommunication on defense. If you accept that, then you are accepting the fact that the Steelers played their worst game communication-wise in the last game of the season. That the 16 weeks prior didn't prepare this team to communicate with one another. You know, who's got who on this on this zone? Oh, when, on this blitz, who's got who? How, how in the world, in game 17, is it is it that bad an issue? Remember, the Steelers didn't just play a poor game against Jacksonville. They played their worst game the worst game defensively played maybe by any team all season. Jacksonville scored 45 points in Heinz Field in a playoff game. And we're supposed to believe not a talent issue. Don't worry, guys. Talent's all there. We got this. We just got to work on communication. That might be more damning. That might be more damning than if you had just told me, look, we lost Shazier. It was a bad, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't handle it. Right, we got blown off the ball in the running game. We got to add some talent. We'll be fine. That's that's what we've all been saying to ourselves, right? Every Steeler fan's been saying that to themselves. Ah, well, listen, Shazier, we got to get a new inside linebacker. We cut Mitchell. We're going to find a better deep safety. We'll be fine. TJ Watt will get better. Maybe Dupree gets better, but even if he doesn't, whatever. He was bad last year, and the Steelers had good runs last year on defense. But this idea... That we didn't know, players didn't know who to cover or what, what, what coverage we were in, in a playoff game. When they had a bye week, they had two weeks to prepare. That's, that's way more damning than we lost our best player and we were, we were outmatched skill-wise. It means that the coaching staff is to blame there, Right? And this is what I said when I go back to the Keith Butler thing. I get that we had to fire Haley because Ben and Haley didn't get along. But when I hear Joe Hayden saying things like that, that this team was completely unprepared to play against Jacksonville, that goes to Butler and that goes to Tomlin. 
So if it was true that Tomlin was so involved in, in defensive preparation, then sorry, Tomlin, get your ass out of the room and let Butler do his thing. Because like I said before, we got to know. We got to know. Is this defense any good? Because if it's not, we got to blow it up and start over again. Is it scheme or is it talent? I can't, the next time a Steelers defensive player says, don't worry guys, it's communication, my head is going to explode. It can't keep going like this, right? Because this is what happened when the Keith Butler era started. Oh, all these New England receivers are wide open? Don't worry about it, guys. It's miscommunication. We're going to get that worked out. And it's Butler's first game. Let him work on it. And three years later, in a playoff game, we're giving up 45 to Blake Bortles. No, it's not. Don't worry. It's it's communication. We're going to work this out. We have a whole offseason to work it out. Well, you had two weeks in a bye it last year. And you didn't have and you had all of the, the Cleveland game because it was a meaningless game. If you had all these communication issues, and we kept hearing it. And we kept hearing it, the Packers game. Ah, it's communication. Ah, look, we, we screwed some coverages up. It's fine. We'll work on it. Baltimore, same thing. Okay, look, Flacco ate us up, but communication, we'll work on it. It's good. When? When are you working on it? When are you getting better? Show me. Show me how you're getting better. This is why it's so frustrating that we that we I get we couldn't fire Butler, but my God. How do you listen to that? And your head doesn't just explode. It's so frustrating. So we go through this process and we talk about, well, they'll get Justin Reed or they'll get Rashawn Evans. Is that the issue? Was that the issue? Would we have gotten blown out if Ryan Shazier was on the, on the roster that last game? Probably not, right? Probably not. He probably hid a lot of these flaws. But Ryan Shazier not being on the defense may have alerted us to some further issues that we have. So, all right, sorry for the rant. Let's talk about the wide receiver class. I just, the defense is like, it's such a cluster, right? You want to believe that it's all, it's all talent. Well, look, it's talent. Shazier wasn't there. We're fine. But you start telling me it's communication. If it's communication in week one, all right, that's fine. We're good. Work on it. Get better. Don't let that stuff happen later in the year. And the thing that really gets me, we got to keep going, because the thing that really gets me is that shouldn't this have happened? Shouldn't the communication breakdown screw-ups have happened against New England? Like, wasn't that the game where it would make sense? Belichick, Brady, they had so much success against this team. And it didn't. It didn't happen, right? That was a game in which communication was not an issue. It was just the fact that Sean Davis couldn't cover Gronk at the end and the Steelers' offense couldn't pick up a first down. And then also the ref stole it from us. But regardless, you know, regardless of the juju play and the, and the ending with Jesse James, right? That game was largely dictated by the fact that the Steelers couldn't get first downs in the fourth quarter to run the clock out. They gave Brady a chance and he went with Gronk all the way down the field. Steelers, Steelers had no answer. But man, I, I'm just so tired of hearing about how this defense will be totally fine once they start, once, once everyone knows what coverage they're in. It's the most frustrating thing. Anyway, all right, let's talk wide receiver. I think there are six good receivers the Steelers could possibly take in rounds either two or three. We've got, I, I, I broke them up again. As I, 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 I like to categorize these stuff, so my apologies. But I've got six receivers broken up into three different categories. We've got two players who I think are all potential, right? These are guys who you're going to take them. They might just be busts, but they might be the elite prospects that there really aren't in this draft, right? 
there's no one in this draft who's you know who's the Calvin Johnson or uh, you know the the Julio Jones of this draft, right? And that's why you're not going to see a wide receiver taken until the middle of the first round or the end of the first round. But there are some guys in the middle here that I think are I think could be that guy. They just have some major flaws, right? One of them we've talked about in this podcast already, DJ Char, right? I think he could be the best wide receiver in this draft because he's the only receiver in this draft with elite size and speed. He's 6'3 and ran a 4-3-40. Now, the questions with him are, is he just a vertical threat? Can he win against the press? Can he improve his route running? We'll see. We'll see on all that stuff. He's also a returner, so... Uh, no, he's not a returner, right? Gage was the returner. No, no, he's a returner. No, no, Chark's a returner, sorry. Chark is a returner. So uh, that, that part of his game, you know, obviously helps him when it comes to, uh, you know, him seeing the field early on. Uh, but yeah, the question marks for Chark are all about making sure that he improves because right now he is really, he has just been a vertical threat at LSU. You know, his, his route tree is very limited and he's going to have to prove at the next level um, that he can, that he can fill out his game. And the same can be said really about Cortland Sutton out of SMU. He's a guy who's projected to go maybe in the first round, but there's a lot of lot of talk now that he's falling down draft boards, and I think rightfully so, because he's got the size, right? He's a huge receiver. He's the only one out of this group that really looks the part when you watch him play, because he's got the size, and he looked like a dominating receiver. He has really good use of his body and his size, but he doesn't really show, he's not really like a flashy receiver on tape, Right? He, he lacks in all the little areas, run after catch, crispness of his routes, ability to get separation, right? Is he, a, is he, a, you know, is he elite, elite at going up and getting the ball, attacking the football, making those kind of catches that only Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson and Des Bryant and that kind of receiver can make? Not really in college, right? He, that's a part of his game he's going to have to work on. So again, he's another player that's all work in progress. But again, if those guys hit, right, because they have the size, they have the speed, they can be they can be better than you know better than the the shorter receivers because they just have the build to do so but these are both guys who i think are works in progress two other guys i think are players with massive potential but they do have more defined traits and these are players i think i like a little more than uh the last two are Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State and James Washington out of Oklahoma State now in Deshaun Hamilton's case i think he could be he could be an elite receiver in this league. The sky is really the limit for him. He has all the tools. He's a very good route runner. Too many drops with him. And there's questions about his acceleration, his burst. You know, does he have a level two to his speed? Because I think he ran like a, a four, five or four, six. Actually, I don't even know if he ran. He might be the one that didn't run. Um, so questions about his speed, but really not just questions about his speed, questions about his burst um, in, in routes. And uh, his ability to create separation. So we'll see with that at the second level. But, you know, his his game does translate if he, you know, he can become a possession type receiver if he gets better. You know, he's got he's got to get rid of the easy drops that he has. James Washington, on the other hand, at Oklahoma State, is the exact opposite, right? He's more of the deep threat. He doesn't and, and James Washington is such an interesting wide receiver. He doesn't look like a receiver at all, actually. You put on his tape, he does not look like a wide receiver at all. He's short and stocky. The questions with him are does he have an does he have elite speed? Cuz he was definitely a deep threat in college. I mean, he would catch the ball and he would go, right? He has that level 2 burst. Whatever he ran on his 40 time doesn't matter. 
Because when he goes, he goes. And when he catches it, he has he has the the burst to get away. The question is, will that will that translate? Because I think he only ran like a four or five. And the question is, will his whole game translate? Because he is he's a he's a strange looking receiver. Just like in his short and stocky body type. He doesn't look like your traditional receiver. But that may not matter, right? Because he's got a defined trait, which is wherever he goes, if you're going to use him in like a deep play action game, you can have success with him. And then there's two other guys in this draft that I think can have immediate impact. One of them, the Steelers have shown uh, clear interest in, and that's Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. We talked about him already. He's a returner. He's really an all-around threat. He's quick, but not fast. Very polished. He can make an immediate impact as a slot receiver. Watching him, he was very much like Wes Welker or Julian Edelman, right? That kind of receiver. The questions around Christian Kirk are really about if he was just a product of AM system. You know, they, they're the kind of system that runs easy routes or a lot of rub routes, getting guys open easy. The, the question for him is, is, is he an elite route runner? Is he going to be able to get himself open at the next level? We shall see. Anthony Miller out of Memphis, another guy like that. Polished route runner, good off the line of scrimmage, another returner. The questions around Anthony Miller are much more about his injuries and his ball security. He had five fumbles in his career, easy drops he had from time to time. But he's he's a great route runner. He can be explosive at times. Uh, he could be a steal in this draft, especially the later he goes. You know, I've seen I've seen mock drafts push him off until the third or fourth round. I think that's far too late. You know, Christian Kirk is a second round receiver. I think Anthony Miller should probably be in that second round range as well. I think if the Steelers took Christian Kirk or Anthony Miller, I think we've got guys who can come in right away and be that kind of immediate impact that that Juju was. If you're getting James Washington, you know what you're getting. You're getting a deep threat. Deshaun Hamilton, again, you got the, you got a big ceiling there. The question for Deshaun Hamilton is, is how much of his game is going to translate to that next level, and can he get rid of those drops? And then if you're drafting DJ Chark or Cortland Sutton, you know, you are you are going sky the sky's the limit on these guys, right? You're drafting for all potential. In Chark's case, you're getting a size and speed guy who could be could be elite. But how much of the route tree, how much of how much of the route tree are you going to open up for him and how and how long is it going to take for him to develop that part of his game? And then Cortland Sutton, the question with him is, is he just a size guy or is he a wide receiver? Right? So again, I really like Anthony Miller out of Memphis. I really like Christian Kirk out of Texas AM. I think those two guys in rounds two or three would be perfect picks for the Steelers. All right, that's going to do it for me. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is Locked On Steelers, and you can find me on Twitter at SteelerCountry. I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.